Welcome to the Why Not Podcast with me, Chrissy Hawkins. In a world where everybody always asks why, I'm here to ask, why not? I'll be breaking down the mindsets of guests as well as my own in a bit to find out what makes people say, why not? Hello guys, so interview episode again today and I'm absolutely buzzing to bring this episode to you because I am talking to Tom Coleman who is a sleep expert and I think it's something we really need to focus on. It is now coming to the fore a little bit, wait for my pun now in the episode, but um, yeah I think it's something that we really need to focus on. I think it's been a really big thing especially during the pandemic, people are suffering with their sleep, they're struggling to sleep. And there's a few things in here, tips and tricks that he has, uh, all worth listening to, all worth coming through. I learned so much personally from this episode. I thought it was amazing, like like pen and paper, worth listening over a few times. Um, you will learn from this episode and I guarantee you if you implement these things, it will help you with your sleep as well. Probably some things in here that you do not want to hear about and don't want to admit, but if you do, it might make your sleep easier. So really excited to present this one to you and as ever guys sit down relax and enjoy or walk and listen whatever way you like to listen to this podcast and I'm looking forward to hear your feedback from it so enjoy hi guys and welcome back to the why not podcast today I have Tom Coleman with me he is a sleep expert and yeah he knows all there is about sleep so if you haven't followed him yet very worth following Tom Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks very much for asking me. I'm um, I'm delighted you asked me and I'm just happy to give out whatever advice I can to people around sleep. So do you want to tell everyone a little bit about you? I know I kind of did a very sure. brief. <laughs> um, no problem at all. I, I kind of became interested in sleep. I was into very much into fitness and nutrition and I started a nutrition business about nine years ago now it was and I started working with kind of fairly high level athletes. I was kind of lucky enough to get working with guys who were kind of elite level. And I started to become obsessed about like, well, what's the biggest impact on recovery? You know, I mean, mm. these athletes are all, I mean, they train very hard. There's a lot of science in their training. And then I thought, well, when they're away from the training pitch, what are they doing? They're eating and they're sleeping. And I just happened to come across, and I think it was actually a podcast or something that mentioned um elite level sleep and all that. and I was like fascinated so I started delving into the area of sleep and you know it, it as it comes out it's kind of nearly you know the highest return on investment when it comes to recovery so I got in contact with a company in the US and, and I got working with technology that they use to monitor fatigue uh, and sleep in elite level athletes and uh, military so military, the U.S. military have developed like real, real high tech um, sleep analysis stuff. And I got, I got, yeah, they have, <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's, it's incredible. And they still do today. They invest a huge amount in sleep. And I'm still working with the same company today. They've just sent me, actually, I'm wearing oh, one, wow. one of the bands now. So these, they, they were developed for um, their fighter pilots yeah. because they didn't mind losing a plane for 40 million, but it took 10 years to train the pilot so they didn't want to lose the pilot um and so this gives me a reading of, of fatigue out of 100 and i know if it's below if it starts to drop below 85 my reaction time will be down by five percent so crazy. these guys are sent home basically to sleep um 
and the US train all their new recruits. So that's, that's how I delved into the world of sleep. And then, you know, I started working in the corporate sector and I dealt a lot over the last number of years, I've been dealing in different shift patterns and stuff like this. So I consult now for like, I've sleep programs running in, in, in different multinationals like eBay and PayPal. And I, I, my calendar is sort of fairly full up with, with the corporate work, which is great, which is fantastic, yeah. you know, but I still kind of love connecting with people. And I, I, I like, I really want to put out useful content for people. And it's just time is if I get the time to do that. So that's kind of my journey, like in terms of sleep and I, you know, I, I health science and physiology is what I studied. So I had a good grasp of the physiology and I had a keen interest in nutrition. So like all areas of health and wellness, really, I suppose, you know. Um, so that's that's how I got into sleep. Well, sleep caught your attention. Do you think it's yeah. uh, it's undervalued a bit or is it, are people starting to, for it want is. of a better way of saying it, wake up to how important it yeah. is? Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm going to steal that one now if you... Um, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it is. I think there's a few different things with sleep that you know as a as a nation i think like i was involved in research in sleep last year and, and we found there was a cultural bias towards sleep so in ireland it's like the harder you're working and the earlier you're up you're a great man you know <laughs> he gets up but i remember when i was young it was like that fellow gets up at half five in the morning like isn't he great you know and you know the, the early bird catches the worm and all that like and i'm like going oh, listen the second mouse gets the cheese you know <laughs> take it easy um so and I, it's ingrained in us like see sleep is the kind of opposite of activity and people want to be seen to be busy so you know um i think like i'll give you an example like if we're at work and i have a two-hour lunch break and i say to you two-hour lunch break i'm gonna go and hit the hit the weights i'm gonna do a session mm. you say oh god that guy's really fit look at him he's off doing his weights like but if i said to you listen two hours i'm gonna go for a little sleep you might be saying, look, where's your man going for sleep in the middle of the day? So <laughs> it just kind of shows that we have this kind of maybe a little bit of bias towards it. Like, yeah. It's just not understanding the value of it. And we've only been understanding the value of it in the last sort of 50 years or, you know, really, um, I think. And, and a lot a lot of new science out there on, on sleep. It, it, it was described by uh, a circadian biologist as, as the master conductor of health and disease. And we should be spending 36% of our lives asleep. And that's more time dedicated to one activity than anything else in human evolution. So that is a clear indication to me that, you know, it's hugely important. Can you explain uh, the term circadian, actually? Yeah, sure. So the word itself, circa, means around about. So I think we know that and DN is a day, a roundabout a day. So we have an internalized rhythm of around about a day because the revolution of the planet day and night isn't exactly 24, 24 hours. It's like 23 hours, 58 minutes and 44 seconds. So we have an internalized rhythm that should align with the day and night. And we are, that's what circadian means. So we have an internalized and then we're given cues and they're actually known as Zeitgerber's time givers from outside. So there we go. That's that's exactly what circadian means. <laughs> so that's the German isn't it? the ghost of right. time girls. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't I don't know any German. That's the only German I know. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, I did German school, but I just know that from not from school. <laughs> okay, cool. Oh no. Yeah. Zeitgeist, I know. Zeitgerber is the is the time giver. So yeah, the time oh. giver. And it the, your your circadian rhythm. I mean, it's kind of fascinating because what scientists discovered was that 
it's not just that your brain, like your brain is one centralized area that looks after all the other areas and your all your systems have a, have a, an optimum time of function. So your digestive system, um, for example, works, you know, really well at 12 o'clock in the day, then at 12 o'clock at night, it works really poorly. And what scientists also discovered is that it's not just your organs. It's actually every cell in your body has a clock. So that's just that's like mind blowing, really, like that every cell has a, has, a, has a clock. And what's even more fascinating to me is that it's it's given its lead by light. So mm. every cell in your body requires information from light, which is just incredible. That is amazing. So like is it different different times of the day different parts work better so it's yeah it's... yeah so like there's like there's different functions and processes in our body so like just to give you an example it's kind of like our blood pressure spikes at around 6 a.m and that's to start getting us up and moving our core body temperature is at its lowest point at about 5 a.m and then it starts to rise so what starts waking you up your body temperature starts to rise your blood pressure spikes this causes something called a cortisol activation response the cortisol as we know is stress right? function of stress is to create a bias in the body towards movement function of stress is to bring your attention to something important think about it fight flight or freeze or something so like it's it's a physical response so then what happens is um you know we should get up and get into activity and it takes us a little while and we can look at things like coordination concentration levels you know, there's all different aspects of our physiology that work well at different times for different reasons. We couldn't have all these functions happening at once or during a two-hour period or whatever, you know. So, like, everything has its kind of place in, 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 the, in our circadian rhythm. And then, so, if, you, if your sleep is disruptive, can that, the sleep, could that then disrupt the rest of... Yeah, I mean, like, we can, we can affect both ways. So we can leverage certain aspects of our physiology to shift our circadian rhythm forward or back. So generally like your brain secretes melatonin. Melatonin is a sleep neurotransmitter that puts you to sleep, right? Mm -hmm. So we have cyclical melatonin secretion, which means that over the 24 hours, usually again, it's in darkness and melatonin is secreted and babies don't have that and children so it takes time for their brain to get into that Uh cyclical and part of actually what melatonin does is it suppresses puberty oh really yeah so be careful people about giving your teenagers uh melatonin um because it's it suppresses uh puberty um so yeah i mean like it's just it's it's fascinating the the cortisol is is designed for action designed to, to get you up and moving um and then that cortisol levels start to drop off in the evening time and we yeah. should be starting to wind down, you know, and then if we get a bump in our cortisol, if we get very stressed out, we get anxious, that'll keep you awake. Um, the light, um, if you get too much light after a certain time, that will suppress melatonin and, and stop you falling asleep. So there are very real physiological uh, control mechanisms that, that operate our uh, sleep and wake cycles. That affects that that affects comes from screens as well, doesn't it? The, yeah, the, bl- so the blue right? the blue LED light. So we've different. Again, what's kind of fascinating about about light and sleep and and you know it's light is the master switch when it comes to sleep. So if you imagine we're we're, we're lying asleep and you're exceptionally sensitive, 
uh, to light insofar as if there's a single crack in your curtain in the summertime it's enough to wake you up an hour early yeah or maybe more you know so light enters the brain through your eyes through optic nerves um, we have photoreceptors in the back of our retina they're called photoganglion receptors and they're actually part of your brain which is amazing so light light photons enter your eyes and hit particular um receptors and then that activates the central computer which is the it's called the suprachiasmatic nucleus right so that activates that big name, big name yeah <laughs> and then that tells the systems okay we're go okay mm -hmm. um and morning light has a particular frequency that anchors our circadian rhythm morning light also sets a timer for melatonin production so it's, oh, okay. that's blue yellow light and then white light and blue light is essential during the day that we actually get lots of that oh, okay right so like white light and blue light have a bad rap and it's because of what happens when we shouldn't be getting light so as the day progresses our eyes the receptors become more sensitized to light and then when melatonin starts if we get any amount of blue or white light that can push our sleep that can disrupt our sleep and we get we're getting uh, white and blue light from screens and devices okay so it is it does have its place but just not late at night yes it's, it's like stress it's very appropriate at the right time under the right yep. conditions it's very appropriate you know i mean if something was coming out to attack you and you're like no i, I don't want to get stressed out you know <laughs> it's not, <laughs> not going to be beneficial for you is it you know yeah yeah so, it's a good time to be stressed it's a good time to be stressed you know if we're, like if we're heading into something important then we need to get some energy we need a bit of stress there we need a bit of something to get us you know either in movement or saying something yeah otherwise we'd be just too chilled out yeah that's true <laughs> do, you think, do you think people do spend more time on the wrong side of stress so on the wrong side of the blue lights it's 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 a continuum like the relationship between stress and sleep is is very clear it's it's our mm -hmm. sympathetic nervous system and our parasympathetic nervous system so on one side we have the stress response the, the sympathetic nervous system okay there's different stressors that push us up that so a stressor for you could be speaking in public it could yeah. be um you know different things that would cause an emotional stress response if you don't eat you get a stress response if you experience extreme cold you get a stress response response if you have anxiety it's a stress response so there's different stressors that push you up on that um kind of um linear there's a linear um continuum there so people have found so many different ways to stress themselves out they're busy so much going on they have to hit their targets they're anxious they're on their phones which are dopamine devices that that can elicit and do, it does elicit a response which is pushing them up yeah and they don't even realize people say to me jesus i just get to bed and my, my mind is racing and i don't know what it is because you're you you've just you're you've an untrained mind and you, you you're not aware that you're actually way up now the same area that's in charge of your brain for problem solving and planning is also in charge of worrying and oh, okay. to worry to worry is a natural human it's, it gives us by um an evolutionary advantage if we can look into the future and predict a threat so actually a human condition is to worry and and, and a great time to, to worry 
the worst time to worry is when you go to bed at night and all the noise the noise of the day settles down and your brain starts analyzing your life choices and your finance and your relationships and lord jesus you're in trouble there you know and so that's what's happening to people and people need to go right where am i i mean you know you're in the world of physical fitness right you wouldn't do a high intensity interval training class and then just go to bed and expect to sleep not a hope not a hope but we do it to ourselves mentally and emotionally and we and we kind of wonder just i don't know what's wrong with me (laughs) it's so true though it's like you lie down and suddenly it's like everything that conversation from three years ago he said something silly is suddenly come back and you're like why yeah yeah that's oh that's the worst if you start throwing emotion and into it like the hippocampus and 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 the amygdala together it's not good if you get emotion and memory together it's like what did she say to me i'm gonna go in there tomorrow and (laughs) (laughs) having the argument and you'll see them in 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 the next day like how are you good how are you yeah that's yeah exactly exactly so we've to we've to learn to check in with ourselves see where we are and unwind have yeah do you think um is like any tricks or tips you have for that like or yeah i mean like it's i'll give you I'll give you the one that is the most common. It's the fastest scientific method to, to calm down. So I, I said earlier, the stress response is a response to stressors. And it's a, it's a physical thing, your stress response. It doesn't know the difference between a tiger and an argument with your partner. Yeah, It's the same physical response, which is that means that we can control that. Like we shouldn't be able to control what we call the autonomic nervous system but we can because we can control our breathing. And mm-hmm. when we control our breathing, we can lower stress levels, we can lower our blood pressure and we can lower our heart rate. And the way to do it is this. It's a double inhale through the nose and a long, slow exhale. And that's known as a physiological sigh. It's reflexive. You do it already and you mightn't be aware of it. You do it when you get tired, close to bed. It can bring about sleep. Um, so you just... So you focus and you extend the exhale. And what that does is when you're doing that, it pushes your diaphragm up yeah. and that compresses space in your heart, which actually makes, condenses the blood flow and tells your brain to slow your heart down. It's something that you do when you've been bawling, crying. You go... <gasps> Yeah, you do actually. <laughs> yeah, as, especially as kids. What? What happened? <laughs> and you can't even talk because you're doing. <laughs> you're doing this. So, like, it's not ma- like mm. who hasn't heard of the stress response? No, everyone has, but you haven't heard of the calm response. Yeah, so that's every, crazy. Every animal and human that has a diaphragm has this, and it's your diaphragm is connected to the phrenic nerve, which also a direct signal to the brain. Yeah. So, and those are all mechanisms. Those are all mechanisms, which means that if you're in an anxious, very stressed out state, you cannot, the mind can't fix the mind. You can't start saying to yourself, calm down. I mean, tell someone else to calm down, right? And see how many times that works out for you. Um, (laughs) Swing for you. Yeah. So, telling yourself to calm down when you're stressed out ain't going to work. But this is, because this is not based on psychology, it's based on physiology. That's mad. Like, that is so, and so simple it's 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 simple it's a real-time tool it works and it works every time so it's it's fantastic i mean people should be should be doing and then like if you do start doing it you 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 become 
you feed the stress and you go, oh, I've got this tool I can use and you use it and you and it gives you actual more confidence in it or whatever. But you don't even need, you can be doing it and go, this won't work, but it actually will. But that's the great thing about it. That's it. The, like, what are people's reactions when you tell them to do that actually out of interest? They're, they're, they're shocked. They're, they can't believe, you know, and, and like, I want people to try it. Mm. I want people to try Because like, I'll give you an example now, right? Like, my job now is to just talk, right? <laughs> and I, I, it was World Sleep Day last Friday and I had six webinars on Friday, last Friday. Wow. And I had, I was trying to get my sleep course launched as well. And I just have, I, it's the busiest month of my life. And then I got a call from News Talk and they were like, will you come on the hard shoulder and talk about this? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I don't get nervous talking in front of people. Like I, I, I've spoken in front of like a thousand people. I don't get nervous, but I get, I, I, for some reason I get nervous in radio. There's no, oh, I'm really? sitting in my office by myself. And I'm like, and do you know, I think it was, I think it was a bad experience that I had on radio years ago, my, my first ever time. And that made me nervous. And then it just kind of kicks in, right? Mm. So I thought, well, I know it's actually going to kick in. And I was sitting here waiting for the call. And about three minutes before I got the call, I started feeling my adrenaline. I started feeling my anxiety levels go up. And I'm, and I'm sitting here going, here's the stress response. Here it is now. Here, I can feel it. And I said, right, I'm going to do my own um, breathing technique. Now I'm going to do the, this physiological side. And I started doing it, just, you know, doing the breathing and doing like, you know, three or five of them. Yeah. And then I'm here holding the phone and I could hear the radio show going on live and I'm still there going like, <sighs> and then, you know, I put my phone to my, and like, I was calm. Like I was, I yeah. brought myself, I brought myself down and I felt fine. And the radio interview went very well and everything was, was great. Like, so it does work. It really yeah. Does, you know? I could have come on really funny if they came on a little bit earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <got> on. <laughs> Are you okay? <gasps> I'm fine, I swear it's grand. <laughs> but that's why if someone hyperventilates, they get them to blow into a brown paper bag. Yeah. To control their breath and stop. Because if you want to get yourself up, you take loads of huge gulps of air. You're like, and you see athletes doing it, right? <laughs> they're like, they're pumping the air in. Like, so like you can move yourself up or down the sliding scale between stress and sleep. Is, it's not like it's it's another really underrated thing i think breathing isn't it it is yeah and like say like wim hof that's that's you, you you're doing lots of uh inhale the, the focus there is on the inhale box yeah. breathing which is taught in the military is either st keep yourself in the one one level uh, what you want in between the sweet spot between um complete docile sleep or relaxation and stress and panic because at the top end is panic right hmm. complete panic the sweet spot is alert and calm okay and the box breathing will get you to alert and calm because it's even two 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 or three whatever it is yeah but you can you can use you can shift box breathing with an inhale or an exhale to shift your um like more intense yeah. or yeah if you if you need energy then you do much uh, much more of an inhale and less of an exhale just let, let the exhale out quickly yeah, yeah. Oh, that's mad i'm learning so much this is great <laughs> <laughs> super <laughs> this is what i love about podcasts and you get to find out like so much interesting uh, interesting stuff like brilliant do you think are a lot of people struggling with sleep at the moment yeah i mean like i i get people contacting me literally on a daily basis going I'm just struggling with sleep and they get into a bad habit like inadvertently and mm. they're like do you know it's like if, if 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 i starve you if i take away all your food 
um you you survive for a lot longer if i took away all your sleep you'd die sooner like oh, so really? like yeah yeah so it's it, that's how powerful it is so like you get into a desperate state like and then what happens to people is they start worrying about their sleep then like even starts coming in they're like oh god i hope i sleep tonight and then they get sleep anxiety and they're like oh jesus i'm awake again it's like COVID has fed into our sleep habit in a huge way massively impacted massively impacted yeah. you know in different and I, I i understand the pathways in which it has because people don't know the outcome their financial security is threatened um their health is is under threat mm-hmm. um all this kind of stuff has impacted them hugely and that's very evident from all the for example the sleep studies going on and the pandemic dreaming and all that kind of stuff that's happening as well pandemic dreaming yeah so <laughs> pandemic dreaming is, is like a real i can't say this word phenomenon 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 yeah yeah but um so what's happening is um the inputs our normal daily lives have been taken away from us and we've got very limited input the virus is an unseen threat and your subconscious is struggling at night to make sense of it and to have enough information to kind of process properly so people are having very strange dreams um and this has happened in the past in kind of natural disasters and and big upheavals where so it's no it's a known um phenomenon (laughs) you're saying it right right. (laughs) that's bad i actually have had been having really weird dreams let's explain something i didn't heard it i hadn't heard of that yet yeah no you know and if people are having don't is nothing to worry about it's absolutely people are and how can i stop them don't worry your subconscious your brain will look after itself yeah, they've not, to be fair, they've not bothered me, but every so often there's been something really odd and I've been like, <laughs> yeah, they're thinking, what is that all about? Like, you know? <laughs> what am I on? Yeah. Sorry, just, and it's kind of slightly off, but I know I think mm-hmm. as well, it comes with the with the pandemic and people are on screens more because, well, we've nothing else to do. Yeah. <laughs> unless, unless, unless um, well, actually, yeah, even, even if they are working, they're still on screens all day. What do you think of blue light blocking glasses? Do you think they work well or? It's they will block uh, the blue light frequency mm. but that's not an exhaustive list of of frequencies of light that will impact your sleep oh, okay okay so they do block like people like I, people are wearing them during the day and it's like no you shouldn't be wearing them during the day mm. you should that's be wearing them that's when you actually need the blue light and the white light which is necessary so you need them in the evening when you shouldn't be receiving and don't think that they're completely protecting you against light that will keep you awake. You can install a program on your laptop. Uh, there's a few different programs like um, um, Flux. So Flux gradually cuts out the blue light from your laptop. Okay. And that'll save you. Sorry if anyone's producing blue light glasses. <laughs> but actually, do you know what? I've seen an explosion of all kinds of stuff when it comes to sleep all kinds of stuff like sleep aids and tablets and gummies and all kinds of stuff in relation to sleep blankets sleep devices electronic stuff you put in your head oh my god it's like this is this is crazy you know so um i'll have to eventually review all those things yeah like i do make recommendations that i will i will be honest about things that work Mm. and stuff like that you know and there there are certain things that are good and there are supplements that are very beneficial that people can try if they struggle with sleep as well so yeah do they do they tend to jump to the supplements before 
addressing yeah, anything else. Don't we want to fix it in a pill? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like we want to like just you know, like we want to eat crap food and then and then be like, oh, is there? Well, I think I think I'm missing like the reason I'm not getting my goal is like I'm not I've not just like powder or pill to take. You know, and I came across mm-hmm. that a lot because I, I worked in nutrition. So in nutrition, they want. And they think it's more powerful than anything else. Whereas, like people miss out, people miss the obvious. Like with yeah. nutrition, you're looking at energy dense or nutrient dense food. You're looking at like leafy greens, and you know those are like exceptionally powerful. So, like it's the same with sleep. People are people gravitate towards the quick fix. Um, but and I, and I've said this recently, and I've realized this. It's taken me years to kind of realize this because people are talking about their sleep issues, and I'm like, after talking to them, I'm like, well, you don't have any sleep issues. You have lifestyle issues yeah that's a big thing that's happening now isn't it yeah yeah so like people are just wired overworked overstressed on their phones drinking coffee on the laptops don't switch off and then they're wondering why they can't sleep and they're 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 sleep deprived what they want they want the melatonin or the cbd oil or whatever they can give me give me a pill to knock me out like (laughs) switch missed you know it's not it's not good like it's not, it doesn't work like that like you know, fix all the other things like if you go to any medical professional like the first thing they'll say is like how's your sleep <laughs> and what what your, your exercise i mean i guarantee you this mm. if you've been out of the beach all day swimming if you've been out in the woods if you've been outside all day and you are working hard or doing something physical and you eat fairly well on top of that you'll have no problem with sleep yeah yeah you'll be out like a baby you'll be like gone you know so like people have to fix up their lifestyles first before they start looking to looking to a tablet you know what's a what's a few lifestyle interventions they could make so the first the, like it starts from first thing in the morning mm. yeah so like this is what people don't realize as well They're, they get concerned with the 20 minutes before bed um everything you do during the day influences your sleep yeah everything literally which is mad um so when you wake up people hit the snooze button they're like hit the snooze button they drag themselves out of bed i'm one of those <laughs> i was gonna say you look you're starting to look a bit guilty there now Chrissy. Anyway. <laughs> boyfriend hates me he's like she's got like 10 alarms <laughs> yeah well, okay well i've got news for you now i've got a better way of doing it like so like if you send a strong signal you elicit a strong response mm. trouble is now like the, the things that the zeitgerbers to give us the signals are dulled down and mismatched because our our homes are very warm at 24 7 temperature is a key effector in melatonin production and sleep um light in the morning so when you when you get up you should be outside nearly you know within the first sort of hour half an hour of of waking and this helps what's called the act the cortisol activation response so that will help with serotonin and cortisol to get you up and moving because like if you're like a person that drags yourself out of bed and they're kind of like don't pull the curtains and you're dragging yourself around the place and you're having two cups of coffee to wake up (laughs) and you're like oh god i feel so tired and you know you're just like that and three hours later you're still not functioning you know you're hardly you're just waking up like you need to get outside Mm. because what getting outside into that blue yellow light will do is it will help with the cortisol response it will energize you and sets a timer for melatonin production later that night so that's that's the start and then okay coffee i love coffee i'm a coffee head right 
and I can't have any more than two or three cups after kind of 12 or one o'clock. Yeah, I'd only have about two coffees a day. Yeah, well, that's good because stimulants and sedatives, people are sometimes winding themselves up with coffee and winding themselves down at night then with the alcohol. So um, I need to avoid those. Exercise, movement, get outside. The more outside light you get, the more well-informed your brain is going to be on when to put you to sleep. Mm. Um, and then cognitively wind down if you do exercise i mean there's there's hardly such a thing as a bad time to exercise i love exercise the best times to exercise are three hour 30 minutes three hours and 11 hours after waking from a physiological step from a circadian rhythm point of view yeah um your core body temperature reaches its peak at about 5 p.m so that would be a good time to exercise because yeah. you're less likely to injure and you're musculoskeletal system will be muscular nervous system we work will be working you know at its at its best probably uh, not your strength your strength is probably highest in the morning um mm-hmm. because testosterone is highest in the morning um so like i said the circadian rhythm you know yeah. and then you want to start winding down you know in the evening time and eat like if you want to talk about nutrition you can actually well the most important number is your overall calories for the day right yeah if you're not exceeding that and you want to improve your sleep you can kind of eat more proteins earlier in the day and eat more carbohydrates later now i know people are like carbs are the devil especially after six you know they make you fat if you eat after six after you eat after six they make you fat like i mean yeah four six is fine (laughs) so um it's your overall numbers for the day and we're talking quality because like skittles are carbohydrates skittles and and, and chocolate is carbohydrate but like so is so is bell, bell peppers and broccoli that's carbohydrates so let's let's get a bit particular about it like you know so yeah. it's, it's about the quality and obviously the amount now you should leave two to three hours before your last meal in bedtime your gut bacteria have their own circadian rhythm also mm. so your digestive system cleans itself at night when you're asleep and that enables your body to absorb and utilize vitamins and minerals much better the next day. Okay. Yeah. So it's all it's all interconnected. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, it really is all kind of circadian rhythm is what people don't kind of get, you know. So if you're if you're messing up at one area, of course it's going to kick on in the other area. Um so yeah, it's all it's all interconnected and your your ritual then to get a good ritual around sleep like not just lying down and hoping for the best kind of thing yeah it's like you know someone i i think years ago this guy i said how did you sleep and he said using the traditional method of of lying on the bed and closing my eyes smart ass anyway the, <laughs> it's kind of it's something that we should take a little bit of control of so we sleep in 90 minute cycles hmm. or trading cycles and if we're if we have to get up at 7 30 we should be asleep at 12 which means we should be unwinding from about 10 30 you should be in bed at maybe 11 30 or something like you know so yeah. we we strategize so instead of the snooze button 10 times work back and do the reverse snooze button to remind you to unwind and have a shower so temperature is a key effector that i keep talking about the way you can help because cool, once your body starts cooling after 5 p.m you want to encourage the cooling because that will increase the melatonin so the way you encourage the body cooling is actually having a warm shower because that causes a rebound cooling effect. So sweat cools out then kind of thing or? If you get into a hot shower, your body um, 
your circulation increases to your extremities, which draws away warm blood from your core. Yeah. Right. And it pushes blood out to all your extremities to try and cool. Okay. Your body is trying to cool itself and it will. If you do cold water immersion or cold water therapy, if you do it late in the evening, it will actually cause a rebound heating effect. Which oh, be your body will want to warm itself up. Yeah. And that will be going against your circadian rhythm. So you can use these things to leverage and move your circadian rhythm. Yeah, oh, that's uh, that's really interesting. Actually, never thought about that with the showers when you're saying about like because yeah. what they say like you want kind of cool bedroom and stuff like that. Your bedroom should be cool. So have a warm shower, keep your bedroom cool, yeah. and if like get it's kind of like the ritual I talk about is, um, you know you you know have your shower, brush your teeth, start winding down, um. And then you have your podcast or your or your meditation. Like people bring their phones into the bedroom. I know they bring their phones in. So it's like, what are you using the phone for? Are you on social media? Are you scrolling on Instagram? Are you looking at cat videos on Facebook or whatever you're doing? You know, are you looking at Netflix? Not good. But if you're if you're using it for sorry, if you're using it for meditation, are you using it for there's lots of apps out there that are very good as well. So all of those things will help you sleep. Yeah, you know, it, so. it is. It is hard. I, I, like I'm, I'm type of person anyway. Who like I always have something on at night. Yeah. But generally, it will be something off Netflix, but it will be something I've watched loads of times, so I'm not paying mm. attention to it. Yeah, you need to give your brain chewing gum, basically. You know, and that that will that will help your your brain move away from planning, stressing, worrying, duration path outcome, um, and analysis, and it would push your brain into now which is about yeah. ser- serotonin and, and relaxation and that will that's what pushes you down to sleep you know okay yeah so it there, there is nothing wrong with having noise in the bedroom once it's not something that you're focused no on. no if it's if it's if it's helping you it, absolutely it's fine i'm absolutely fine with that yeah i've always wondered about that one actually because that's something i've done since i was a child mm-hmm. <laughs> even yeah see that's part of your that's part i bet you if i stopped you doing that you you probably would take you longer to get to sleep yeah probably yeah, so it's like, okay, obviously, like your ideal bedroom environment should be dark, cool, and not be absolutely full of clutter or stuff like that. Like you should try and associate your bed with sleep. Yeah. Um, so you're training your subconscious on, on how to, like the association or whatever. So, and, and see, the reason we have like these rituals, it's called cueing control, hmm. is if you wake up in the middle of the night, instead of going, I'll try and sleep, and then getting frustrated that you've, you've got a strategy. Yeah you've got a little thing that you start to enact and your brain goes, Oh, I know what's happening here. We're, we're sleeping. And then it puts you to sleep, you know, how would you, how would you deal multiple waking up in the middle of the night? It's common because there's different reasons it happens. Um, wake episodes can happen for various reasons. Mm. We sleep in 90 minute cycles. A lot of the, a lot of the, um, sleep pressure or sleep debt that we've built up during the day has been paid off. Um, so that's one reason you start to wake up. The other reason is your sleep gets lighter as the night progresses. Your first 90 minute cycle is deep. Your second 90 minute cycle is pretty deep. Your REM phase, your dream phase starts to extend after every cycle. So the reason the recommendation is fi- is, is seven and a half hours is that's five 90 minute cycles. Okay. So your first, your first two cycles tend to be the deepest and then it starts getting lighter because you're dreaming more and more and more and more. And also you start producing more hormones in the latter phases. Okay. So people wake up and they go, oh my God, it was in such a deep sleep. I want that deep sleep back. And they, you won't ever, ever get it back because 
your brain needs the light phases and people have mis a misinterpretation that deep sleep is more important light sleep and deep sleep are equally important yeah so if um say for instance i know it happens as well it's like you know you wake up for your alarm like half an hour before your alarm and you really want to go back to sleep and then see when the alarm goes off you're straight back and you're back in your sleep at that point would you yes. be better off getting up at that point or you'd be better off getting up or if you want to have a sleep in on saturday you can actually go back and don't like sleep for an hour and a half yeah don't if you sleep for an hour if you set the alarm to go on another hour you, you've got to wake yourself up in in the deepest part of your sleep cycle yeah because there's light phases and deep phases so that's what that's why people who do that they're like oh i woke i, I fell back to sleep and i feel more tired now yeah, so you're midway you're the wrong wrong yeah. point just to sort of remind people about wake episodes that they're normal they're fine yeah. they're happening for a reason we call it sleep wake cycles if you do wake up start your little protocol and you okay. quickly train yourself to get back do, do what we call a non-sleep deep rest protocol which is a breathing exercise so you could do like 21 breaths in your back 21 breaths in your left side 21 mm -hmm. breaths in your right and count them and if you lose count you have to start again you're giving your brain something to do you're focusing on your breathing and that'll tip you back into sleep ah that's really good actually mm. the, but the brain will sort of take over sometimes and start yeah. like you know and that's of course you just bring it back so, so I heard a great one recently. This guy said, "I wonder what we, what my next thought will be." You just kind of lie there and you say that yourself. You go, mm. <laughs> <laughs> "Oh, you just give your brain something to do." Yeah, as opposed to going back into planning the next four a, weeks. And exactly, exactly, yeah, exactly. What's your view on napping? Actually, it's fine. It depends. I mean, like, see, like ideally, we want to go to bed at the same time and get up at the same time. Hmm. Then life happens. And that doesn't happen and then we miss out on sleep so we should be able to use naps in that sense we have to train ourselves to nap as well we have to overcome the cultural bias and um, so if you're napping you go for a 15 20 minute nap if you go over half an hour you're going into deep sleep okay or if you're if you're a night shift worker and you're heading into a night shift do a full 90 minutes then your brain will think it's morning no, that's good. Yeah, no, the, the reason actually when you, when you were saying that earlier, like if you said you were going for a nap and you had a two hour lunch, I'm like, I normally work split shifts. I definitely do it in my job. And I'm like, I'm home for a nap. And people are like, what are you like? Yeah, it's brilliant. It's so good for your health. Yeah. Absolutely. It does does end up going past 30 minutes a lot of the time is the only downside. <laughs> well, then do an hour and a half. <laughs> Should yeah. actually do that. Don't nap too close to bedtime, obviously, as well, because that'll... Yeah that it'll, it'll push your sleep back oh yeah it lowers sleep pressure we have sleep pressure that builds up gradually during the day so when you nap the sleep pressure goes down okay, okay. yeah so yeah, you don't want it right beside yeah you don't want to be napping like two hours before you go to bed or you won't be able to sleep oh yeah that, that makes sense all right one slightly off question not off question but just completely sure. different kind of thing because i like to ask this in the podcast and um, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given Oh my goodness! We could do a, we could do it another hour now to answer that question. <laughs> Jesus, what's the best piece of advice I was ever given? God. I love this one because it always makes people. Oh think. man, it does. You're really making me think. Now you put me on the spot. Now let me think. You can pick a few if you want. I'll pick a few. I'll start talking, and they'll probably start coming out of me then. <laughs> That's alright. Um, my like my dad was like he was a powerful influence on my life when he was alive god rest him and he gave me like he gave me some of the best advice ever like, but one of the key kind of messages that he had was that um everyone falls down and it's okay to fall down it's okay to fail 
um, but you have to pick yourself back off. You dust yourself down and you go again. And like that was kind of the ethos of much of his life. And he took a lot of knocks in his life and he got back up. And I talk about failure in my life and I, I failed loads. Um, like now I kind of like when I do talks, like I'll tell people like, like I've spoken at nine out of the top 10 pharmaceuticals in the world. You know, I've programmed running on eBay and PayPal and LinkedIn and whatever. I tell people, you know, I've worked with all these big athletes and, I've worked with a few famous people and stuff like that. Like that's all my success, but like people don't see the failure. People don't see the yeah. struggle. People don't see the other side of it when you're there like, working and plugging and desperate. And like we, when we started our business, like we would, we would not know where the next money has come from. We would like often do a gig of a healthy cookery demo and a talk and drive home, you know, three people might have showed up for it and we'd have no money. And we'd be like, so like, people don't see that side of it. Like I, I tell a story about failure. I started my business in my, my hometown and I, I'm from Mayo and people said, Tom, you should do a talk on, 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 on this, whatever. And I said, right, I'll do, I'll do a workshop. Mm-hmm. So I advertised in my local newspaper and I took, I done posters, put them everywhere in the local gym. I told all of my friends, just come to my talk. It's going to be good. I can't remember how much it was charged, like 10 or 20 quid or so. It wasn't much. And, the evening came for the talk and I was kind of excited and then I went to the local centre and the guy said how many chairs did I put out Tom and I said put out 50 I'm expecting a good few people so he put out 50 chairs and there I stood waiting for the, for the crowd of people and how many people came to my talk two people came 10 minutes late and I it felt like a horrible failure with all those 50 chairs and there I was you know <laughs> so like now that failure has become a massive part of my success story like is that I can reflect back and say like that actually helped me yeah to to, to do something and that was an indicator for me and I, and I you know I've heard this I heard this expression recently with every failure comes with it the seed of a future success oh and that's it it's lovely isn't it I, yeah. I I like that and then I I I, I learned the actual physiology of failure which is absolutely fascinating to me because I'm, I'm a scientist I'm into physiology I want to know function and process and outcome and all that kind of stuff yeah and then I learned something this year which blew me away neuroplasticity so it, when children are very you know from babies to about age 25 our brains are very plastic and we start slowly hardwiring in and learning and it's yeah. more all about learning and absorbing because you know I mean, like kids are sponges and they can they can learn way faster like super yeah. you know so after 25 it becomes harder to learn basically right now the advantage that we have is that we've we have concentration levels we can apply ourselves whereas kids and teenagers are like oh you know (laughs) um they don't have that maybe right so the mechanism by which neuroplasticity occurs is this is like absolutely amazing the brain must experience repeated failure at a task in order for neuroplasticity to occur Oh, really? So you have to fail several times and live in that uncomfortableness for your brain to learn. That's amazing. Wow. Like, that's the trigger. The trigger is the failure. The trigger is the failure. So you have to fail in order to, for neuroplastic. I was like, 
Man, this is so good. I love like, that. <laughs> so it's not the thing people say when people are like, oh, I'm not doing well. It's like you literally physically have to do it for your brain yeah. to. What, what you have to do is actually what we know now is you've just, you, you have to encourage the failure. You have to go, okay, I failed. You're doing good. Keep up and go again. Mm. And it's because it's, it's a chemical change in the brain that occurs for neuroplasticity. It's, it's an actual chemical change. So you have to encourage, encourage those failures. And when you start to, you can actually start to get good at that. <laughs> I was, I was great at failure, you know, but like, that's how you learn. So that's, I mean, that's just brilliant news. You know? Yeah, no, that is amazing. So sorry. Yeah. The question was <laughs> the best. <thing. laughs> no, no, I was really interested in that. When you started talking about that, I was like, I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. So the best bit. So like, you know, that was, that was certainly one piece of advice that, you know, like keep failing, but get like, get up and it's fine. It's fine to, 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 to sit down in the dirt for a while and feel sorry for yourself. But you, have to get, you have to get up and, 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 and go at it again. And the other thing was like, you're not as important as you think, like people aren't looking at your thinking about you people we always think that like people are judging us or people are whatever people are too consumed in their own life to be to be worried about other people like you know and if they if they are that type of person they're not worth they're not worth your yeah. consideration so like that's that's just powerful advice for, for, for me anyway yeah no they're two very good points and some i like some scientific backup on the failure one as well <laughs> yeah yeah i love that one that's absolutely um yeah really good ones and um, so I think that is everything. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you as well? Sure, people can find me. I'm trying to push people towards my Instagram. Uh, yeah. So it's tomcoleman.ie on Instagram. And um, I'm trying to kind of push out content. I struggle with the demands of my time. Yeah. But I genuinely want to help people with their sleep. And um, so reach out to me me like and I, I i do share kind of interesting stuff um i've started doing a few giveaways i'm doing a sleep and anxiety masterclass at the moment which is kind of a three-week course which covers everything i talk about in detail and gives people different things so people can find me there at tom and if people want to email me it's uh tomas t-o-m-a-s j coleman at gmail.com and uh the the masterclass you're doing at the moment can they yeah. find that through your instagram or would it be they can contact me and i can send them a brochure i mean i'm gonna actually i'm getting a new website built i've completely rebranded recently so like i'm doing everything in once like <laughs> <laughs> do a course do my corporate stuff do this do that everything seems to be happening at once for me so like um i'm gonna eventually house all my courses on my new website but that's that's in the middle of being built so um but if they contact me i can give them a link because it's all housed on, on e-learning and um um, yeah so they can just contact me and I can send them out details all right brilliant perfect yep. well um thanks again for for joining us here today lovely um as ever I keep forgetting to tell people this recently as ever I can still be found on Instagram it's Chrissy H Fitness and also if you want to see me at the Egypt I'm on TikTok at Chrissy H Fitness as well Super. um but yeah thank you for joining me it was really interesting and so insightful Chrissy is absolutely my pleasure um, the best of luck I love your page love what you do and keep pushing out those help messages out there and um, thanks very much for having me thank you again for listening to the Why Not podcast it really means a lot that you are listening in and I would love if you could please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on Spotify and always I'd love to hear feedback personally so if you do want to leave me a message and let me know how you found the podcast please do